0: Played by Westbrook. Ginobili for three. Yes! One point lead for San Antonio.
1: Terry, a long three. Bang! Jason Terry gives the Mavericks a seven-point lead with 33 seconds remaining.
0: Rebound on here.
1: Simmers bring it in. Five seconds ago. Tie game. Seat belts are fastened. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo! Oh my goodness. goodness. This podcast is sponsored in part by Fanatics. Fanatics offers the broadest assortment of fan merchandise and memorabilia worldwide from all your favorite leagues and sports. Not just the NBA and NCAA like we talk about here, but also the NFL. And I'm in the market for some new Packers gear myself. And with Fanatic Selection, I can choose for between jerseys, t shirts, and sweatshirts, even face masks, tailgating equipment, and stuff for my pets. And I'm leaning towards getting a nice sweatshirt myself. You can also shop MLB, NHL, NASCAR, and all your favorite soccer leagues around the globe. Order now and get free US shipping on any and all orders over $29 using code 29SHIP. Again, That's 2-9-S-H-I-P-29-SHIP. And now, back to the podcast.
0: Hello, welcome to another bonus episode of the 6-Fam Podcast. Doing a weekend wrap-up from a wild weekend in hoops. Starting with the NBA and potentially the hottest player in the NBA right now, John Morant, dropping 52 last night.
1: Hold on a second, Zach. I'm getting some... Audio spikes on my end. Um, Can you start talking again?
0: Yeah, what's going on? Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I'm just getting some weird... Give me a sec.
0: Are you sick and tired of paying large amounts of fees on your ticket purchases? Look no further than TickPick.com. TickPick is a one-stop shop for all your entertainment ticket needs. NBA games, NFL games, NCAA basketball games. It doesn't matter. They've got it. I've purchased concert tickets, college football tickets, NFL tickets on there. They truly are the best one-stop shop for all your entertainment needs. And with no fees like Ticketmaster and Subhub, you are getting the best guaranteed price on the market. And for a limited time. Check out TickPick.com SixManPod or under SixManPod Pod. When you go to check out for $20 off your first purchase, that's $20 off your first ticket purchase at TickPick.com using promo code six pod. And now back to the show. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. What's up. Okay. That's better. One more time.
1: Testing, testing, one, two, three. Okay. That's better. Can you go ahead and, and, I don't know if that if that would bleed over, but um, if you want to restart, it, it was just it was spiking my output. Like I was I was getting some just some bad feedback no, uh, on one. the high end of the audio uh, on like the high end of the <clears throat> audio waves there. All good, homie. All right, let's see this again. Uh, three, two,
0: one. Hello and welcome another bonus episode of the six man podcast wrapping up a wild weekend in hoops here on Monday night and really the big headline for the NBA was John Morant dropping 52 and it's a San Antonio Spurs not only his new career high but also I think he did it relatively efficiently if I remember right shooting like 70 plus percent so
1: not only that, a franchise record as well I think so.
0: I mean, there really haven't been that many great scores in Grizzlies' history. Like 52 for him, you know, 52 for franchise records, not a whole lot. But uh, is you know.
1: John, can we already anoint John Morant as like the best scorer in Grizzlies' history? I'm not talking about the top, but maybe like the best. <laughs> He's gotta uh, be up there. Like Mike Bibby's up, there. Be up there with like Zebo and. Like when Mike Bibby was there, the couple of years he was there in Vancouver. I'm looking up Grizzlies all-time leading scorer is Mike Conley. Conley averaged about 20 a game. I mean, kind of, I guess. He's also there. He's also number one in games by about 19 over Marcus All. Yeah, they really haven't had anybody who just like took over games like Jaw does.
0: Um, Jaw's had like four 40-point games this year, so. Yeah, I, I would say it's probably Jaw. But um, what's crazy with Jaw, though, man, is uh, the school that he left uh, when he went to the NBA. Uh, what are they, 27 and 2, 28 and 2, something like that? Something Murray like State. Around there. Uh, Murray State managed to run the table in the uh, the, the Ohio Valley. Uh, eight, perfect 18 0, their coach one coach of the year. Um, you think they're going to win that tournament too? You think they're going to just run through it all?
1: They, I, I I would, they played very well against Belmont in that, uh, that last game that they played. Um, I would imagine that Murray state is going to be a 10 point favorite in the championship against Belmont, at least. I mean, they beat them by 33 back on, uh, you know, back uh, or at the I don't know, on the 24th. Um, so, I I would be I I would think Murray State is probably going to easily be the betting favorite if they do match up against uh, Belmont again. Well, uh, that's you know that's assuming that Belmont makes it. Belmont <laughs>
0: will probably end up having to play.
1: Yeah, Belmont has Warren to State, to State, which is going to be it's easier said than done. So. I would expect I would expect Belmont and Murray State to uh, to meet to, re, to meet again in the Ohio Valley Conference final. And hey, we had you know, speaking of a wild weekend, like we're already in conference tournament time. We had our we've had we had our first our first game yesterday in the Northeast Conference, uh, Central Connecticut State, beat Farley Dickinson. We have um, Horizon League games today. Um, I believe the Atlantic Sun is starting today as well. Um, So it's – Best time of year college. Best time
0: of year. The Atlantic Sun's in their first round. Florida Gulf Coast uh, moving on through that. Uh, Kennesaw State as well. Um, And then Detroit Mercy beating Green Bay pretty handily. I want to go ahead and talk about what – hell broke loose this past weekend in college basketball.
1: A historic weekend for all the wrong reasons or all the right reasons. If you, you know, if you enjoy, if you enjoy uh, March Madness coming a few days early.
0: You know how I am, Cam. I really love the way I I love chaos. And this was definitely one of the more chaotic weekends in sports that I can remember. Um, It started, you know, Kind of on Friday night, um, there's a couple of things that happened. Um, you know, the Princeton-Harvard game, there was a fight in the student section. Uh, St. Louis and Richmond in the Atlantic 10 played a nail-biter there. Um, and again, another, like, scuffle in the student sections between the two schools. And then Saturday, this kind of hellish weekends kicks off with a game I was at. I was at the IUPUI and Green Bay game, and shout out to Greg Doyle of the Indy Star writing a column about the IUPUI Men's Basketball League. Uh, men's basketball team um, now officially down to five players and really four and a half. They have a a center who is literally on one leg right now, um, Supposed to have surgery two weeks from today. Um, they had another season ending injury on uh, Saturday, putting their total up to seven players in season ending injuries this year. In addition, like I said, the center also needing surgery, so it's eight players who all have had to have surgically repaired. Uh, you know, what happened think, to their open tryouts? Uh, the NCAA said they were not allowed to do them. Uh, every everything I've heard basically is said the NCAA said you can't host a open tryout this late in the season. Uh, there's like a certain cutoff point you can add players. Basically, um, that's that's my understanding. Um, you would think but that could you know, be
1: right, but I remember. Back when I was in college, I think this had to be maybe like 2015 or 2016. um, IU had a little bit of an injury crisis and they added a tight, they added somebody from the football team onto their roster and like, it had to be January. Um, You, You know, it could also be that... They so can't that's when they like. That's when I announced that they were going to have like the open tryouts, right? Yeah, you know, it could also be that
0: uh, it was actually like middle of February, like the tenth or something like that. But it could also be that they have to already be NCAA eligible to be able to try out for the team or like be added as a thing. And obviously, they were literally asking students who weren't eligible to sign up to try out another big thing with uh you know Saturday I want to go back a little bit um yeah obviously rest in peace the IPY Jaguars season uh, I believe they're currently down in their rising League game and better luck next year uh the the twins they bring, are bringing in from Mount Vernon High School look really good Mount Vernon's 20 and 2 right now so at least they have that going for them. But but let's talk about um, kind of what unfolded here. So uh, I believe the first kind of big game to get settled early in the day, and you, 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 might, you might be able to correct me on this, was the first real big domino to fall, the Purdue-Michigan State game, 68-65 Michigan State with –
1: I'm um, so finding his March Mad Magic uh, a day and a half early. I believe so. Yeah, that had an 11 o'clock tip off. And yeah, Michigan State looked, I mean, Michigan State looked really good. Um, Purdue did not. Uh, 11% from three in that game. Um, and, you know, we had kind of, I had, we had mentioned before in our college basketball write up uh, or our, our compendium, our, our essay, our video essay, basically that um, Michigan state wasn't really getting, um, I, I didn't really feel like Michigan state had a guy that they could turn to, um, you know, anybody, you know, super consistent, somebody that they could turn the ball over to, but, you know, they got some really, they had some really big moments, um, you know, A.J. Hoggard had some – had a had – a, hit a really good shots. You know, uh, Max Christie hit some really good shots. Um, Gabe Brown was really good down the stretch. Um, this was – yeah, this was a Michigan State team that came out to play. Um, and they're – you know, they really kind of said, like, hey, anybody but, you know, Zach Eady can beat us. And I don't think really, and nobody really stepped up uh, from Purdue. You know, they had, Purdue had 16 from Ivy, 11 from Trevion Williams, and then 13 points from everybody else. You know, Sasu Stefanovic had a really uncharacteristic game. Um, and they had, I think Purdue had a guy with a 15 trillion.
0: Are you looking for a healthy alternative to your daily snacking? Look no further than... Built Bar, go to builtbar.com, type in promo code 6 Pod uh, to get 15% off your first order. Built Bar, 100% covered in chocolate, some of the best protein bars around, and some of the healthiest treats I've ever had. Really love peanut butter brownie and mint coconut chocolate chip. Both are phenomenal. Both have tons of protein and are a really good alternative for your daily snacks. Check them out, builtbar.com slash
1: pod. If you could believe it, which is incredible to an extent. Um, And I I think that the, you know, the the painter, the issues that we've kind of seen with painter uh, have been there. You know, I think their defense is still – I wouldn't necessarily say their defense struggled against Michigan State, but you could tell that um, the inability for them to play Trevion Williams and Zach E on the floor at the same time I think is going to cost them in March. And, like, I I do think Purdue is a very good team. Um, You know, if they can get out and get into a track meet, I, I really like them in a game. You know, their their offense is, you know, their best threat to take them deep. However, if they run into a team that has 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 their number defensively or, you know, can keep up can keep up the pace with them, then it's going to be I think it's going to be difficult for them. And, you know, they they could kind of get themselves into trouble. And then, you know, their free throw shooting has not really been anything to write home about this entire season either. Right. And, you know,
0: after that game, we should have just known that Saturday was going to be weird. Because, like, again, I kind of made the joke earlier, but Izzo finding his magic early, winning a game where Zach Eady is 25 points, um, pretty impressive, Mm -hmm. uh, all things considered. Um, The very next domino to fall, I thought it was going to be Texas. I thought West Virginia was going to beat them. West Virginia led most of the way. Texas wins on a you know shot with like four seconds left. But the next domino then is number six Kentucky dropping to Arkansas. Now, Cam, I know you um aren't the biggest SEC basketball you know fan mm-hmm. because obviously they don't have the best color commentator in the The world like the Pac-12 does, (laughs) but this
1: was this was another good game. I mean, I I think it kind of just goes to show you again that um, you know this was kind of a duel. You know, like J. JD. Note had thirty, Oscar Shiboy had thirty. Man, it's we should have we should have done this episode on Saturday evening, Um, but it was that was another good game, and it's again I think the shows I think it goes to show you that. Um, it is hard to win games on the road in college basketball. 100%. And if you look at the common thread between the seven of the top ten teams that lost over the weekend, all of those games were on the road. You know, <clears throat> and it, I, I, it just – it goes to show, like, home, home court advantage in college basketball is worth more than a few points. And especially when you have a, you know, you have a coach like Eric Musselman, I think Arkansas has been, you know, they had a little bit of a shaky start um, to their, you know, they had a a shaky run, you know, where they lost um, five of six, they had the loss to Hofstra, they lost to Oklahoma, they started 0-3 in conference, but um, since that loss to Texas A&M, they've only dropped one game, and that was a one-point decision at Alabama. Um, Arkansas is a team that is hot at the moment. And I do think like they are positioned to make a really deep run in the tournament. Um, Not that Kentucky can't do it either. And I think Kentucky is going to be very dangerous. And, you know, Oscar Sheboy has, I I think a really good chance of being national player of the year. But um, the, the story, I think of the weekend was definitely uh, home court advantage. Um, you know, we saw it, you know, I think the next game was Auburn and Tennessee. Tennessee has been a tough out, like Tennessee has been a tough, a tough team to play all year. Um, and, you know, I think again, you know, the issue there, and I know a couple of people have said it, Auburn kind of got away from Jabari Smith down the stretch. Um, you know, that kind of came back to bite them in the end. But, you know, again, Tennessee, a really balanced scoring effort. Um, you know, and they, you know, they they were able to get Walker Kessler in foul trouble. Um, and, you know, they were kind of able, they were, you know, once you get him out of the game, you know, Auburn is, is completely different. We talk about Jabari Smith being the, you know, probably the number one pick in this draft. But I think if there's one player that's more important to anybody's success in the country, I think it's Walker Kessler at Auburn and, you know, Tennessee going at him, and, you know, getting, you know, kind of having Fulkerson uh, bugging and kind of just getting, you know, getting to Kentucky and, you know, this home court advantage. And this is just, was just so strong. So. Yeah. I'll be interested to see. How Vegas
0: starts adjusting their lines based on home court, because especially with these bigger schools,
1: your Ohio states, Michigans, um... yeah, I mean, if you look at the teams that did the upsets, I mean, Saint I mean, St. Mary's beating Gonzaga. St. Mary's is a tournament team. and St Mary's like they looked as I think that that probably was Gonzaga's worst game of the year. Like St. Mary's looked as good as as they have all year, and they have they made, Gonzaga look as bad as they've looked all year. Um, You know, they really shut – you know, they shut down Drew Timmy uh, in that game. I think he only had like four points or something. I kind of feel bad for him. Six points. He was two for ten shooting. Um, I I feel bad for Drew Timmy. They got Chet Holmgren in foul trouble. Um, And then they were just really vibing off that court as well and, you know, spreading the ball around and hustling. You know, and getting, you know, it had all this energy going. You know, we talked about Tennessee, Mich- talked about Michigan State, Baylor, obviously, our defending national champions, beating Kansas, um, and that's a, that's a story that, you know, you can't really underestimate, especially with the injuries that Baylor has had, um, you know, to go in and beat uh, Kansas as another player of the year candidate in Ocha- Ochai Abaji, Arkansas, uh, and then, you know, finally, the last team of the top 10, TCU. A beating Texas tech TCU is going to be a tournament team from, you know, from really from where I stand. So these are, these are good teams who, you know, play very well at home. Um, obviously, you know, it was a shock to see the top six and seven of the top 10 fall, but it's not that really the only, I think the only game that was kind of out of uh you know, the the only upset that was really shocking was Colorado beating Arizona by 16. And, I mean, if you're talking about a game that has the potential to uh, change some seating, change some line discussions, uh, that's going to be it. Because the Pac-12 has not necessarily been viewed all that favorably favorably in the past few years. Uh, And Arizona, you know, going down like that to Colorado probably isn't going to... um, you know, isn't going to change. Isn't going to change much. I don't know. Colorado is 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 kind of a board. Is kind of a you know, kind of a bubble team. I would say on the outside of the outside, but you know, certainly still has a chance to make some noise in the Pac-12. I
0: think it's interesting that people still say uh, Oklahoma should be in when they're like discounting what Colorado's done this year. Um, and then another well, – what the final game we really want to talk about um, before we kind of wrap this up is Murray State, Southeast Missouri State, Southeast Missouri led the entire game. Murray State comes in, closes the door in the last four minutes. You know, we talked about Murray a little bit earlier but we've also hinted in the past that this is going to be the most dangerous like seven or ten seed of all time. What do you think makes a team out of the Ohio Valley like Murray State, like a Belmont, so dangerous compared to other, you know, smaller schools?
1: Well, it's been weird because when Murray State – you know, a couple, obviously they, they had John Morant. So, you know, when you have a smaller school that has a star like that, who has somebody that they can turn to, I do think it makes, you know, it makes a lot of difference, you know, because it gives you, it, it gives you a guy. And it gives you a guy who can go out and hang with some of these power five guys. Um, you know, I, I think you look at a team like Murray state, you know, KJ Williams has been playing, you know, really well, he's averaging 18 points a game, you know, they're scoring close to 80 points a game. They have a defense that is, um, you know, allowing 60 points. They are not, and you know, the, I think one of the biggest things is they're not afraid to go out and schedule people. I think that's, that's a key. That's, you know, something that you have to look at, I think when you're kind of picking a you know, picking a upset contenders, like they went out and they'll go play Memphis. They'll go play Auburn. They'll go play, obviously not to the same extent, but, you know, they'll schedule somebody like Chattanooga. Um, You know, they'll schedule somebody, you know, schedule some of these, uh, these good teams kind of at their level um, to get that experience early. Um, And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a program that's, you know, especially them in Belmont have been, I would say, at the forefront of kind of the mid-major scene. Um, and, you know, I, they've been they've been writing some momentum the past couple of years. You know, that conference has been writing up some momentum in the past couple of years. Those programs have been writing some momentum. They're always a threat. They and you know, you can't you can't discount that experience of being there before. Um, And going from there, um, you know, there's probably there's people on that roster who I'm sure that that played with John Morant still, Um, you know, there's people that know what it's like to get to the NCAA tournament trying to upset a game or try and upset a team. So it's it's something that you got to look forward to. And I'll be very interested, interested to see where the where the committee puts uh, Murray State, I think. Man, I, it, I, I think they should probably be like an eight or a nine, to be honest with you, and just, and, and let it go from there. Um, And I would hate to be, I would hate to be the team that had to play them because like eight and nines are always tough, depending on that matchup. Like, it, you know, looking at Joe Lenardi's bracketology, for instance, like, Unless Murray State got a team, like one of the teams out of the Mountain West, I'd probably pick them to beat any mid-level Power Five team, like a TCU or Notre Dame or Seton Hall or Xavier. just kind of looking at the other – at the other – the matchups. And
0: even like a Mountain West
1: squad, still probably
0: at least look at it, you know, maybe if it's like St. Mary's or something, I think they might struggle there. But I think overall, I think people need to realize just how good – Murray State, as we've talked about them, uh, you know at length in the past. Um, last thing tonight, Cam, what does Ohio State's loss to Nebraska tonight at home do for the Buckeyes, and what what do they what do they need to do to right the ship? Because Buckeyes Twitter wants their coach fired now.
1: Um, is that the you think firing Holtman's the answer? No, 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 no. no. Why would you want to fi- I mean. I get losing to – nobody wants to lose to Nebraska. Um, I mean, you're talking about the worst. I'm honestly here. kind of surprised that they're keeping Hoiberg this year or going into next year. Um, I I think Ohio State is still – you know, Ohio State is going to be in the tournament regardless. That's – like, that's just – uh like, they're, they're going to be like a – six or seven seed, um, you know, their 10 seed matchup their you know, 11 or 10 seed matchup might be a little, might be a little, uh, scary, but you know, it's, it's the, it's the big 10, everybody, like everybody's good in that conference. And I I think, um, they kind of just picked an unfortunate time to go on a two, they, they picked an unfortunate, uh, two game two teams to lose to back to back. Um, Clean up the defense. I mean, EJ Liddell is a really good player. Like, He's gonna Ohio, make State, us. Ohio State has the guys to get you a win. Um, you know, they play – they have a game against Michigan State. They have a game against Michigan. Um, I think they'll feel good if they split those games and beat Michigan. And then, you know, they'll be, like, what, the four of the five seed in the Big Ten – um, they should be able to clean up that first-round matchup, I think. And then, you know, they kind of just cruise from there. Yeah, you know, really that win against Illinois saved their ass last week. You
0: know, they win on the road against Illinois, lose at Maryland, then lose at home to Nebraska. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, if, if,
0: they enter, if, they, if they enter the Big Ten, though, on a four-game skid, I would be pretty hesitant on picking the Buckeyes to win over anybody.
1: Yeah, that would be, that would be interesting because I think, I I still think they would be in just given some of the the strength of some of their wins. But now you're talking probably about them as like an eight or a nine seed. I mean, they're 23rd and Ken Palm 10th and adjusted, and adjusted offensive efficiency. Again, it's like, you know, I I don't think the issue is with Holtzman by any means. I, I think that would be, silly I think they have a really good one 2 and Branham and Liddell and you know again teams go cold like look at um if you want to talk about a if you want to talk about a streaky team look at uh Indiana almost blew a 27 point lead to Minnesota on Sunday
0: right yeah and and, and you know Indiana's not a team I expect a lot from and But Holtman always seemed to have Ohio State ready to play. That's why I think this uh, little skid here has been a little weird. Uh, Final question for you, Cam, before we wrap this up. If you had to pick a national champion today, are you a Gonzaga against the field guy, or are you taking a whole other team? Man, that's tough.
1: That is tough. Like I'm, I'm certainly not a Gonzaga versus the field guy, uh, and I'm certainly not a Gonzaga or Baylor versus the field guy. I, I think there's, okay, if, if let's look at the, again, just because it's the easiest thing to use, let's look at Joe Linardi's bracketology. I'm gonna go through all the top, like the top one, two, three seeds that I think can. Like, Gonzaga, yes, obviously, I think they're a national championship contender. Baylor, I think, is, you know, injured at the moment and hurt, but I do think, you know, experience definitely counts for something in March. Arizona, given the loss, you know, they did have a loss. I maybe put them down like a half tier under Gonzaga and Baylor, but then you look, okay, Kansas, right there. Duke, probably right there. Purdue, Still, I, I, I got to maybe, maybe put them in the Arizona category, but you know, you know how March is. It's like, you know, you Auburn, I think national championship contender, Kentucky national championship contender. I think even a team like Texas Tech or Villanova or Wisconsin, like we saw Villanova and Providence went down to the wire again. I think Illinois could potentially ride Kofi Coburn. Arkansas is insanely hot at the moment. Um I I I don't even I don't know if I could pick a team. This is this is going to be a very tough bracket to fill out. Um I would say gun to my head, family on the line, I'd probably pick Auburn to win the national championship right now. Again, I think Javari Smith could go on a, a just an incredible run. Walker Kessler, most important player. If you know, if, if, that was a, if that was a, you know, if that was a, if that was a category. And I think I, I think Bruce Pearl's a good coach. And I mean, they, they've been there. They've gotten to the Final Four before um, recently with him. Um, this, this this might be the year for Auburn.
0: I I think I lean Kansas. Um, Now I'm watching them play against TCU right now. They're struggling a little bit to uh, score, but I my 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 gut tells me Kansas. But I would also lean Auburn too if it came down to those two teams, just because Auburn's got a guy. You know, they've got a guy who will be, in my opinion, the number one overall pick. So I think it'll be
1: interesting to see. I know there is a. I don't remember the exact specific formula, but I want to say it was the past X national championships have all been in the top ten or fifteen or twenty in both adjust, adjusted offensive efficiency and defense efficiency in Ken Palm, something along those, um, you know, those stats. And if, if 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 let's call it the top ten in both, you have Gonzaga, you have Baylor, you have uh, Gonzaga and Baylor. <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily going to come down to those two again, but I think if you look at the top twenty, you have you know Arizona, you have Houston. I wouldn't bet on Houston, but you have Auburn, you have UCLA. Um, you know, I, this is a – this is definitely an open tournament. And I'm, I'm excited to see it happen. <laughs> I think everybody is.
0: Um, and, of course, this is also uh, Casino's favorite time of the year, too, because people start betting on teams they haven't watched and uh, make some easy money. Cam Morgan, thank you for joining me. Uh, it's always a pleasure getting to chat College Hoops with you uh, and John Morant, of course, being – And John Morant. I'm,
1: I'm always – hey, you – if if you think I'm you know if you think I'm excited about college basketball, I am always down to talk John Morant.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he is something else. I cannot wait uh, to see how everything shapes up going down the stretch. Uh,
1: this is so. My final question for you is: if Ja keeps playing the way he's playing, and if Memphis makes a call it Western Conference Finals run. How hot do you think the John Morant versus Zion Williamson takes are going to be? Because they're already starting. And at what point do we start to get some comparisons to some other uh one, two, one, two, three type drafts?
0: Look, man, I've already heard them. Uh today on the Rich Eisen show, for example, Rich went on. The air and literally said, like, Ja is Kevin Durant and Zion is Greg Odin. Um, and then they also used the Sam Bowie and Michael Jordan comparison and like Darko Milicic. Uh, yeah. Um, or, you know, who's, was,
1: who got picked? Um, who did the Bulls pick? Tyrus Thomas yeah. over Elton Brand? Yeah.
0: Uh, Not as but, big,
1: but that, that's the one I always hear in being in Chicago. It's like oh, we fucking miss
0: on Elton Brand. Another big one, you know. I think that slips under the radar is Marvin Bagley. You know, that's more of a another more recent one too. You know, to me, my big question is, what does Memphis do with three first round draft picks? You know, they make the Western Conference Finals. Does Memphis trade all three of them to say um, Indiana? Hypothetically speaking, Indiana yeah, is like hypothetically speaking. Indiana gets pick seven in the lottery because they have shit lottery luck, like usual. They get pick seven. Does Memphis say, "Hey, we'll give you pick 19, 22, and I think twenty-seven at that point," in exchange for pick seven, so they can go get Shade and Sharp? Because if there's anything, a team that is in the Western Conference Finals. Could use it's a mystery box of this player could be the next.
1: Insert big name here, and yeah. if you know that. I, I, just, I don't understand. I, I guess Shade and Sharp for you is Chet Holmgren for me. My big thing, my <laughs> I saw some really interesting Chet Holmgren
0: takes over the weekend. I I'm say. sure you did. Uh, my side of Twitter is fantastic for that. Um, <laughs> you know, for me, it's like Chet, we've seen what he can be. You know, he's this tall, lanky, can run the court in about five seconds, kind of maestro almost. Very Kevin Durant with less touch, you know, as a common comparison. Shaden Sharp. Has the athleticism of Iverson, but like the game, like he he can take over a game, similar to like a young LeBron. Maybe not going to carry I mean, a team to the at, finals. At, at,
1: well, I, correction, I, he can take maybe he can take over a Kentucky practice. I don't know, man. I've seen. I've I seen. Gotta see him, I, I just. I gotta see him. I just gotta see him play.
0: I, I, I I've seen the tapes from when he played in high school, man, and there was no one on any court anywhere that could stop him. He was unbelievable. That's why he was the number one recruit in his class next year. And that's also why he graduated early so he could go to Kentucky, get his shit taken care of with the NBA to go into this year's draft. I'm saying like somebody gets him at pick seven, eight, you know, he may not amount to anything. We haven't seen a high schooler really succeed coming into the NBA in a long time, but the upside, you know, at a pick seven, eight of getting a, you know, met what many people consider to be a LeBron light, which, you know, if you're getting the eighth overall pick, like you, you can't, shake your head at that. So, you know, I, I'll be interested to see, I, I love what, I love what Memphis is doing, man. They've really yeah. shown how to build a team. Desmond Bain, no one gives him enough credit for how good he has been. Zaire Williams was the perfect complimentary rookie for what they needed. Just a three and D wing who is. Yeah. Fed. And
1: like their ability to keep some of their guys too has been, I, I, I think underrated. To an extent, you know, I and I think I think people shit
0: on the Jonas Valanciunas trade this offseason, but Steven Adams just being a grown-up who can control the locker room and get you six points and 14 rebounds a game is exactly what they need to go with this team of a bunch of 20-year-old dudes running around.
1: Yeah, like, and you know, like before he got hurt, like Dylan Brooks was having a was having a really good year. Um, obviously we're seeing the ascension of John Morant, you know, three 40 point games in his last four. Um you know Jaron Jackson Jr. has been has been good. A little inconsistent, but you know the re- recently, but still good. You know, and people I, say I, he's in the running for defensive player of the year. Aww. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jarrett Culver, Zaire Williams. I'm incredibly interested to see uh see Memphis in the playoffs. I'm this I, I am I am going to be this is probably gonna be the most playoff NBA that I have watched in uh literally forever. Uh, I am so excited. Of, a lot of it is going to be John Morant appointment viewing, I feel like.
0: I would be so excited for like Chicago versus Memphis in the finals. Oh, that'd be so great. Just like, watch,
1: like just watching like DeRozan and and we'll job going
0: at it, man. That'd be yeah. incredible. I mean, I would also be fine with like Cleveland and Memphis, but like, I really want to see DeRozan. I would say get a ring.
1: anybody like I'd be fine. Obviously, yeah, Chicago, Memphis would be great. Miami would be fun to watch just because it's not like Philadelphia or Brooklyn's. I would, I don't, be, I don't want either of those teams. I'm yeah, sick of James with, Harden. I'd be happy with Milwaukee. Going back, um, dude. Milwaukee versus Memphis would be awesome. I'd be, and then you look at the West, like Phoenix. I think it'd be great if they got back, just to kind of like a validation of what they're doing there. I honestly think I'd be. I think it'd be great for the league if Golden State got back to the finals. Um, but yeah, Memphis. If if the league, if 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 we're gonna um, invoke the spirit of the late, great David Stern, and we need to make a phone call to make some things happen to get John Morant into the NBA Finals. I'm totally okay with it.
0: Hey, man, I'll I'll pay, like, $12, like, done. Sign me up. Uh, that's going to wrap it up tonight. Thanks again, Cam, for uh, discoursing with me. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Check out our written content on our website. Check out Camship posting on Twitter. Be on the lookout for a couple of interviews coming up. We got some uh, Pistons fans, Clippers fans back on, but also we're going to be doing a season from hell series with BJ Maxwell and Coach Crenshaw once IUPUI season wraps up. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening, wherever you might be. Uh, Check out our wonderful sponsors. New ones being added momentarily uh, and have a wonderful rest of your day.